Kendall's 30-minute pop ride. This should be fun. Okay, Peloton, who's ready to work? Here we go. Don't forget to breathe. Good idea. Get at home motivation. We are climbing through this chorus. Let's get it. Anytime you want it. Bump up that intensity. Give it all you have. I am. You are unstoppable, Peloton fam. Try the Peloton app free for two months. New members only. Terms apply. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast, where we are regarded to as the starting five. We are powered by the Bitch Podcast Network, and we are sponsored by Overtime Heroics Memphis. Let's be real. 104. Let's get it. Let's yes, get sir. It. Hey, before we start, man, first off, y'all know the scout is not here. Condolences to him and his wife's family. Um, and just pray, please uh, keep them in your prayers. Condolences also to U of M. They had a lot of layoffs yesterday uh, in the athletic department. You know, me and two yep. person, we uh, know uh, when we had access to the Tiger Games a couple years ago with uh, Tammy. Um, mm-hmm. she- she was very good. Uh, just hearing that she got laid off really hit me like, man. So, right. I hope she finds somewhere real quick. She was a sweet lady. I like yeah. right. Shout out to him. And she was like, she was it. She was really good. I mean, keeping everything in order. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. Shout out, Savage. I know we forgot to get shout out. Just dropped your first two episodes of your podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go ahead and give you a little spiel, man. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, the I Don't Know Sports podcast, basically me, um, for about 20, I said 40, but 40 is probably too long. 20 to 30 minutes is, is right around where I would be uh, dropping one or two episodes a week, just recapping what's going on in you know NFL, NBA, uh, college sports, and whatever is you know going on in the world of sports. Um, I've been pretty consistent this past week, so I'm happy about that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at IDKSportsPod. Uh, I'm definitely still team. Let's be real. Y'all see me here now. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, it's just really it's, it's an extension of let's be real. If you want just to hear my voice and not my other brothers <laughs> on the show. Uh, but again, that's IDK Sports Pod uh, dropping every episodes probably on Sundays, not Sundays, Mondays and Fridays. So you'll get it at the beginning of the week and you'll get it at the end of the week. So uh, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Killing it, man. First two episodes are great. Like, I gotta check out the second one, but I definitely love the first one. <laughs> and also, um, next week I will be a part of the Pods in Memphis event on International Podcast Day. Um, represent. Yep, check represent, me out. With, and here we go. Yep, with um, Verbally Effective Podcast, the Fabulous Ina Esco, uh, Mind Your Business Podcast with Ron Brooks of the Bench Podcast Network, and. Start off life podcast with Dominic Lawson, who is like a mentor to me. So That's right. I am to do this podcast with these wonderful people. And let's say check us out next Wednesday, six o'clock to eight o'clock PM. Facebook Live. Um, like I say, uh follow us at Pods in Memphis on Facebook to uh get our links and everything to follow us. So get this thing started, man. 
first up nba two yes sir we are currently in the of course conference finals for each team we got the east uh the celtics actually beat the heat uh, last night pretty much a lot to a little uh, <laughs> uh we can definitely start there first um let's start with with heat nation sharky how, how, how your boys looking man what, what's going on with them uh, let me really go straight to shitty because i definitely want to get y'all opinion uh jason tatum was jason tatum and i see your name jimmy needs bucket so <laughs> okay. i know we said something i actually had jimmy's weakest stuff because we said jimmy's Secret stuff last week. Um, and I was ready to we was ready to get shirts printed. We still might get them. Uh uh shout out to for this. Uh but he better get some buckets. <laughs> uh, we lost by 13. We had a uh, seven. I, I got in the shower. We up by seven at halftime. I come out the shower. We we're down by seven in like three minutes. So I don't know what happened. What they do at halftime. They said, oh, we got this, we're gonna come out. We got them, we're going to the finals and came out and got blasted. Um, but I do see Jimmy Butler ended with 17 points. He had eight rebounds, eight assists. Jason Taylor had 31 and seven. Jason Taylor had 17 points in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, if you're going to be the, if you want to take the leap to superstardom, this is it. You can't blow this. Mm-hmm. And in order not to blow this, you're going to have to take more than 11 shots. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. If 17 points ain't going to do it. I, I understand getting your rest of your teammates involved. I've been saying this since the first round. Like, I got on job about this. We get on LeBron about this. LeBron do the same thing. He'll coast into the fourth quarter. Game three was too late. Game four worked out well for him. But Jimmy Butler, Boston more talented than y'all. Sorry. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, the three games we won has been close. We haven't blew them out. It ain't like we just wiped them off the floor. Each game we've had to come back and win. So Boston could have very well swept us, if you want to be honest. <laughs> but we've outplayed them at the end of games because we're a veteran team. But – we got to be mindful. This same Boston team, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart were all on that team that won the East Conference Finals two years ago against LeBron. Mm-hmm. They actually have experience, although they're still young. Mm-hmm. Although we're a veteran team, we haven't been this far. Jim Bullard, this is the first time East Conference Finals. Only people on our team that's been this far is Andre Goddard and Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam was a player. He's basically a coach, <laughs> although he's still a technically good player. And Andre yeah, Goddard. Player coach. Right. <laughs> player assistant coach. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I did that and also not only Jimmy Bam 13 points yesterday. He also had eight rebounds, eight assists. Both him and Jimmy, I love that they're unselfish. I love they want to get teammates involved. It worked out in game four. Tally Hero had 37. Tally Hero is 20. He's not gonna do that every game. Okay. Sorry. Dunk Robson had 20 20 points yesterday. That's not gonna happen every game. The game yeah. four day, he on the headlight too. Yep. Jimmy and Bam, y'all got to Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown had 31 and 28 apiece. Mm. Jimmy and Bam will have to do that to finish the series off, and they better do it in six, or else I'm sending them the gift from men's to society <laughs> for game seven. <laughs> Lord, 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 Lord. Um, so I said heat and six. So heat and six means that we have to lose two games, um, and then we won the sixth game. That, that's considerably what I said. Um, however, last night was that last night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last night we looked like a team that was playing a regular season game, and the Celtics was like a team that was fighting for their lives. Um, and they made the great adjustments. Kimba Walker um, made some great. Kimba Walker's clutch shot selection in crucial moments was important. There was a time where he scored like five straight points. 
and the five points doesn't really mean much, but we didn't score anything on, on offense on the Heat. So he was attacking the zone at different points of the zone where he got off of three with Tice, and then he also came right into the middle as well where Tice stayed up top of the three-point line and Kimba came into the free throw. Come on, LeBron James. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would say the person that I was really impressed with last night or people I was impressed with definitely didn't come from Miami um, were the bigs of the yes. Um Whether you're talking about Enos Kanter, who came in off the bench and literally first, I think, three possessions he touched the ball, all but four straight buckets by him. All He's four for four, um, which is huge for them because the Robert guy ain't going to do that. But also, Tice had clutch times where either he got a foul committed on him, right, um, for getting a rebound, fighting for those offensive rebounds, or even setting those great screens in the zone. There's certain places that you need to screen in in terms of the zone and knowing your players. And Tice studied what he needed to do and got what he, he needed. The most points I've seen him score, most rebounds I've seen him do, mm-hmm. he played – go ahead, Sharky, go ahead. And uh, speaking on Tice, I think after halftime, I think he – seeing Anus Cantor dominate what he did in the first half, Tice like, oh, I need to get some minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <It> motivated him. <laughs> yeah, or else he was going to – he was going to ride the bench too. Um, and so a point that I also made was we get out coached in the second and third quarter. Um, when I say we, Brad Stevens out coaches Eric Spolstra. Um, Eric Spolstra does not need to go to a five small lineup. That's not what got us to the playoffs. That's not what got us to the bubble. That's not what got us to the East Conference Finals. We didn't do that when Giannis went down, right? Um, or when we played the Bucks, or when we played um, even the uh, Pacers. We never did that. So now all of a sudden to do that is blasphemy and it's beyond me right now um we weren't hitting our shots the duncan robinson the, the 20 points he got most of that came in the first half yeah. um and so basketball as we all know is a game of runs and mm-hmm. if you think the celtics weren't going to come back um we were sadly mistaken because all these games that we we've had to come back as the heat or the Celtics have came back mm-hmm. and with the explosion of the celtics they're always going to have the chance to come back because they have four scores that they can put on the floor at any time um and so we had to be very careful and mindful of that but i believe to the point you are at main sharky we were one outplayed by our bigs the bigs outplayed us and the um superstars for each team the superstars for the Celtics outplayed us and i think you also throw gordon in there as well gordon yeah. dropped that six foul mm-hmm. um that six one was a reach though i don't i don't know about that six foul yeah, um, game, game over there. <laughs> nonetheless you don't put yourself in that type of situation as a right. point guard Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Gordon is very strategic for us because he scores at strategic times. When we're down 12 or 14. He's the one that's going to get us on that four to six point run to make Brad call the timeout. So looking at that aspect as well, um, we just didn't we weren't ready to play and close out this game. We were ready to play a regular season game, hopefully at American Airlines Arena, win or lose, go home, and then we'll back up for another game. That's yep. what we're saying. Trev, you got something? Um, I, I think he the the guys of Heat Nation basically hit the nail on the head with everything. Um, I was watching this game last night, and at in the first half, I think uh, the Heat went up by as much as I want to say fourteen. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm about to turn this game off. It looks like Miami is about to blow them off the floor and cruise to the finals. I turn it on again. I see Boston. I mean, I'm not still Miami still has some. Pretty decent lead. I was like, okay, Boston made a run, but I, I think Miami's going to close it out. 
Then towards the end of the third quarter, I just saw Jason Tatum just take over, and then Boston takes the lead, and then they just didn't look back from there. Um, I don't expect this to happen in game six. I do expect Miami to kind of be a little bit more uh, alert at this point because I think the idea of them possibly going this 3-1 lead is probably starting to cross their mind now. So I think, like Sharky said, Jimmy and Bam, they're going to have to have 20 apiece. Um, for them to uh, close out this series because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have no problem and they can get 20 themselves easily. So um, just going forward, uh, and I do think Miami closes them out in six because I did say Miami in six. Uh, Jimmy and Bam are going to have to get aggressive and start uh, looking to score. Um, Y'all know I picked Boston in seven. So, I mean – for Boston to win, they literally would have to win in seven. Um, so looking at the box score, uh, not even looking at the box score, but like there's a difference between shooters, shooters and scorers. Miami has a lot of shooters. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a scorer, but I need more than 17 from you. It's conference playoff time, dog. It's time that you got you got to get 30. And I said it a couple of podcasts ago. When Jimmy gets 30, it hurts because it's like 30 for him is like 40, like 50, like because he don't score that much points. Uh, but when he does score, it's like it's like a like a jab, jab, haymaker, because it's like, man, Jimmy's scoring. That means I get Tyler Hero open. I get Duncan Robinson open. I get Bam open on a, on a putback. Um, and looking at uh, Boston scorers, because they got scorers who can shoot. You got Tatum with 31 and Jalen Brown with 28. To me, the difference is two players. One, Jalen Brown. Him, his play last night is the reason why I wanted the Grizzlies to be able to get him, because he can get his own shot. He can shoot from the corner. He can lock you up on defense. He can play in the middle of the zone um, as far as like on offense to break that zone a little bit more. He did that last game, towards the end of the last game, I believe. Um, he's a versatile player that gives you, you know, a lot in terms of versatility. And then Tatum that third quarter, I don't know who – I don't know what was going on. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he was getting it to everybody. He was not discriminating who can get this bucket. 17 points in the third quarter, like that, that really – that set the pace for the rest of the game, in my opinion. Um, I I was confident in Boston going into this series because of the talent. And like two said before, you know, heart does beat talent. Uh, but Boston is showing heart right now. Um, now, the big, like, like Sheedy said, the difference – I think Sheedy was trying to say this, but game six is going to be important because if Miami does not win this game, they are in trouble. I think, I think they are in trouble for real. Um uh, I, I still think Miami will have the wherewithal to come back and for game six be ready to play because I believe in Coach Spolstra. He's one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion. Uh, they better win this game. I, I need I need more than I – don't, I don't need Duncan Robinson and Dragic being my leading scorer. I need Jimmy to step up, like Sharky said. Is, is, is Jimmy going to step up? I, I don't know, man. And, and that, to me, like Sharky said before, like – that's the difference between being a star player, an all-star, and then being a superstar. You have to step up when your team needs you most. So Jimmy has got to step up. So I'm I'm gonna be watching him next game. So correct me if I'm wrong, Sharky. Y'all hit it right on the head as far as the this is the game that you know divides the stars from the superstars. When Jimmy Butler's back is biggest against the wall, he's somebody that's gonna step up, right? From from what were you saying? Because yeah. you know, we also got to think in that Philadelphia series last season against the Raptors, it took that Jesus shot for them to win. Yeah, I, you know I, I, Jimmy Butler has never been to the East Coast. He's never been this far before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I'm learning now. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. He normally does before he has he's never been to this point. This is like I said, this just between superstardom and just being an all-star. He's yeah. always done it, but he's never been to this far where a superstar does takes over right now. So we'll see. All right, so I'm a, I'm a roll with the theory and the conspiracy that this may be Michael Jordan's son. Jimmy Butler <laughs> don't close him out. Game six, no, no game seven, yet. no game seven. Okay, seven. Besides, you're going against Jesus and a robot in one man, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> I did pick Heat he Nation in game six, and what we're seeing from the Celtics are like, like you said, Savage, they're the most, uh, probably the, the most talented team in the East. But this is one of them times where talent you got two talents, the team is about who wanted more. The Celtics definitely been showing it that they wanted uh, this series, especially once Marcus Smart got in their ass about you know not doing what they're supposed to be doing and i think he kind of had to go into those big big dogs too because bam from game one to really now has literally been doing his thing in the paint Mm -hmm. so of course i think brad stevens and you know coach marcus smart had to get into them and say this this one man is killing y'all yeah. But I think I think I think Bam you saw that because like with Tice had 15 and 13. I'm like, yeah. I've never seen that in all yeah. series. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, was, that was in his council, bro. I think the you know Spo got some video liners, you know, set up that's a specialty, of course. And you know, mm-hmm. Bam and Jimmy are looking and seeing where they can go right. And I think they're gonna take over game six and go ahead and pull it off because there if there is a game seven. God, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game seven. I tell you that for sure. You messed up. They messed up. <laughs> uh, going going to a team that's familiar with game sevens, and I'm hoping they can squeeze another one out of the grace of God out. Heading <laughs> to this Western Conference uh, Lakers battle. The Lakers play, I believe, tonight, uh, Saturday. We're going on Saturday. Um, Anthony Davis may or may not be playing. We're waiting official word from that at this moment. But, you know, um, for somebody that picked the Nuggets to beat the Lakers, I don't regret my take at all. I did have the Nuggets winning before the bubble, before anything started. So I'm going down with my pick. But when you look at everything that's happened in a series, like like I, I joked about the Star Five podcast, like it took Anthony Davis to have a Goku Gohan defeat and sell moment for Kobe <laughs> to come back and re- reappear. You know what I'm saying? Like it could the series could have easily been too too. You know what I'm saying? Despite some foul calls from last night, it still could have been the case. But, you know, I'm not going to cry with spoiled milk. It is what it is. What I'm saying in the series, great basketball, beautiful basketball. I'm seeing a Larry Bird that I didn't get a chance to grow up with in Jokic. I'm seeing a star developing Jamal Murray. But, Mark, like you've been saying it all postseason, Savage. Who the hell is starting AD? Like <laughs> he's doing his thing, so I'm of course I'm gonna I'm gonna get a you, the Lakers fan of the day. Go ahead and uh, <laughs> first, first and foremost, I I want to I I don't hate Denver. I love yeah. Denver. Denver is like they coming like I, like like next year. Like they they this is good for Denver to get the experience. Not even just getting the experience, but playing LeBron, playing AD against a storied franchise that has been here at least 17 times or 16 times at least. Um, And Jamal Murray, like, I think he got takeover for the entire game. (laughs) Like this man, this man does not miss shots, right hand, left hand, left foot, right foot. Like he, like nobody, I should be asking who guarding Jamal Murray because <laughs> I wanted to tweet, if they would have won, I would have tweeted you that for sure. And and that's a different LeBron. Like I like LeBron. He, as Shannon Sharp would say, he sat in that chair and 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 Murray was not scoring like that for the rest of the fourth quarter. Uh, but Jamal Murray is just 
I'm I'm trying to figure out where do I place him in terms of point guard hierarchy at the end of this. Uh, but I won't get into that now because I mean people are debating is the bubble like reality, like like with it like being like a crowd and things like that. So I won't get into that, but I'll get into what's on the court. I think one, of course, who guarding AD. I mean, he's averaging like 33 a game right now. Not averaging as many rebounds, uh, but I think now looking back, I think it's because of the nature of how dealing with Jokic and like I said before, he's like putting weight on him. Jokic is heavy, um, putting weight on AD. And so AD is tired to the point where he wants to conserve his energy for offense, knowing that Rondo can get a rebound, LeBron can get a rebound, Dwight can get a rebound. So he's probably saving himself in that regard for the offensive end because nobody can guard him. Um, but I think the difference right now as to why the Lakers are up 3-1, um, if y'all look at the point differential, it's, it's zero. It's 325-325. It's even right now. So the, the, the matchup is even. Uh, but I think the difference is that Jokic is not making as strong of an impact on the game as he did in previous series. Um, he's not averaging as many assists. I think he had like five last game. He had two like in game mm-hmm. one. The ball is not moving as much with him because he is the the starting point of the offense. Like you've seen him on fast breaks, coming ball down the court. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think the Lakers, um, we don't give uh, Frank Vogel enough credit because he is a defensive guru. Like he, that's that's his bread and butter is defense. And so adjusting, you know, to the matchup. Because uh, I said before, styles make fights. And so starting Dwight Howard last game has allowed the Lakers to shift the defensive focus. Um, and allow, like I said, AD to to be AD on offense. Um, I picked Lakers in five. I'm sticking with it tonight. I think they wrap it up tonight, uh, especially seeing how Miami and Boston is now going a little bit further. So LeBron wants to get you know AD some more rest to ice that ankle up. Um, I'm not sure if AD plays tonight, honestly. Um, I if I were him, I probably or if I were the coach, I probably would not play him. And I would say LeBron, go get us, go get us this win. That's what I would say. Uh, but that's dangerous. I'm, I'm aware of that, especially with Denver, who came back from 3-1 twice. Uh, they are very capable of coming back 3-1 again. I mean, this, I'm going to give them respect what respect is due. So I think the Lakers win tonight, uh, but it's not going to be easy, uh, especially if AD not playing. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say, if AD don't play, um, what do y'all think? Y'all think the Lakers win, Nuggets win? I still think they win. I still think they win. I think they don't. Uh, Trevor, what do you think? Um, well, for me – I, and I said it's on starting the five. Um, I'm actually picking the Nuggets to win tonight um, because like the Lakers did, I think prior to game three or four, of course, they came with the free throw disparity. Uh, they came out and said about LeBron James, you know, not getting enough free throws. And he's getting hacked a lot. Uh, Denver has since news has come out has Denver has since done the exact same thing. And I think in terms of drawing up the quote unquote drama, um, I think Denver wins tonight. Um, Denver shoots more free throws. They win tonight. Draw up that drama as to, uh oh, uh, here goes Denver, possibly finna come back from 3 1 once again. And then, um, and then LA wraps it up in game six because I think LeBron has one of those like big time LeBron games to where he may have a triple though. He may have like 25, 12, and 13 or something like that in game six. So, um, I have the Nuggets uh, winning tonight, and I think it's because of the the complaint or whatever, uh, just to get everybody riled up, thinking that they can actually do this, and then they wrapped it up in game six. Shady, what you think? <laughs> um, first of all, I'm not a fan of Frank Vogel, Savage. I want to put that out there. Um, not at all. Um, and moving on to the point about the game this evening, um, I believe the Nuggets do win this game. Um, they win game five. They, they love to be down 3-1. Uh, 
Um, they love it. Um, now, unfortunately, um, they have they're facing someone that's definitely going to close them out, which is LeBron. Um, but if you look at LeBron's kind of track history, um, LeBron, when it's time like for him to like take over and like you know, like really be that insane LeBron that we're used to, it actually doesn't really happen to like Game Six, whether we're down three two or we're up three two. That's when he turns it on against the Celtics. That's when he turns it on against the Magic. You know, I mean, like the, those games like that. Um, and so I look forward to him being dominant for Game Six. I think the Denver Nuggets do win Game Five. Um, I think they're out coached um, because, as I said on starting five, um, there are three coaches for the Lakers. One is LeBron. The other is Rajon Rondo. The other is Jason Kidd. Um, and then Frank Vogel is a distant and not part of the coaching staff. Um, he's just a voice at times. And it, who just says Kobe. Um, and so with that being said, I just think that I I love I love what the Denver Nuggets are doing. I love what Mike Malone is doing. This is a process to think that a seven foot person can run point guard for you is amazing. I just don't think he's had enough time with it for it to be come to fruition right now. And the other point I want to make before I turn over to Sharky is like, Let's also not talk about, and I'm not saying we do this, but let's not talk about if there's like an asterisk next to this finals, whoever wins the finals. Oh, no. I don't believe that's fair at all. Yeah. I believe this is the most mono mono yep. we've ever had in our entire yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. There is no crowd to help you. There is no other, there's no home field, mm-hmm. uh, home court advantage, so to speak, with the refs. This is straight down the line. Yep. Who's going to win on any given day? Yep. And you have seven chances to prove that you're better than them. And so I don't want any asterisks, but again, I think the Nuggets win tonight, um, whether or not AD comes or goes. Um, but LeBron turns on LeBron on game six uh, for Jason Kidd and wins it. Yeah. Speaking of asterisks, I mean, people go out. That's what people think. When it boils down to it, ain't no asterisk going to record book. Yeah. got behind Golden State's first title because guess who? Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say it's asterisk behind LeBron's 3-1 comeback because Draymond got suspended. A lot of people say it's asterisk between um, Toronto's title last year because Gold State was hurt. Man, mm-hmm. it down to it. You play what's in front of you. Yep. And let's yeah. go. So, I ain't trying to hear that. I think Matt Kevin tried to swing the Heat series talking about Gordon Hayward missed game one. If he don't miss game, the first two games, they probably be leading the series way over. Like, he was hurt. Uh, yep. Who cares? <laughs> but I had I picked Lakers in six, so I and especially AD don't play. I do feel like the Nuggets they just I can't I refuse to see them lose. Believe that they go to they're just gonna lose tonight in five. Even if he does play, they just seem like that type of team. They just they gonna get to six. And I think the Lakers are close them out six. I picked Lakers to six. So the Lakers, and like I said, it's been a great series back and forth. Um, last two games, Jokic has scored in the fourth quarter, and that's been the biggest difference maker. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Anthony Davis shot in game two. This could have very well been 2-2 right now as well. So uh, it's it's a real back-and-forth series. So that's why I believe go, they would get the, the fourth version back-and-forth for the back-and-forth tonight to get it a 3-2. But then LeBron, game six, say, all right, I'm going to take y'all out and get to the finals. Yep. Mm-hmm. As far as the asterisk thing goes, like, like even for me that criticizes LeBron on the court, if LeBron wins – there is no asterisk for me. Like, if anything, it, it'll help his legacy because this is pure basketball playing being played outside yeah. the booty re- booty referees. Yeah, they are booty. Yeah, they, they pure they, basketball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Gantry, yeah, Gantry was terrible for both sides. I was like, man, let them yeah. play. <laughs> Every two minutes is a foul. Like, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, salute to y'all and y'all comments. Hopefully the Nuggets win. If not, it is what it is. Uh, we'll be seeing the Lakers finally get to the finals in um, 10 years. Um, so let's get on to some football talk, Trevor. All righty. So first and foremost, in more bad news, uh, the University of Memphis Tigers just recently had to cancel yet another game uh, due to uh, the ramifications going on with COVID-19 involving with the Tigers. Um, so I will call on Took and Savage uh, for these points. I'm about to make about the Tigers, uh, Sharky and uh, Sheedy. Y'all can chime in whenever y'all feel like it. So um, assuming everything is hopefully once everything gets back up and running for the Tigers, they do have a game upcoming this Saturday uh, against SMU. And I believe that's at SMU, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this will be the first time that Memphis has played anything football related as practice or a game within a full month. Uh, so, Savage, my question to you is if the Tigers are allowed to get back to playing football, uh, how do you suppose that Memphis is going to maintain the momentum that they set in motion with their win over Arkansas State, given that there hasn't been any football related activities in Oakland? Uh, my, my hope is that that they've been in the film room, whether it's in Zoom or whatever, um, because obviously they haven't been on the practice field, I don't think. Um, I picked the Tigers to go undefeated this year. Um, I still think they will not lose a game this year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it will matter because there's no playoffs or I don't know how bowl season is going to work. I have no idea, y'all. <laughs> like, I don't I, I don't even see how we're supposed to finish this season in general because there's so many moving parts in like conferences and division. It's just too much. So uh, I still think that the Tigers will win this game. Um, I, my prayer is that they've been taking the precautionary measures. We still haven't heard much from what happened with this quote unquote party bus. I have no idea what the heck happened with that. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll come ready to play. I think it'll be a um, a rough game. Like they won't be scoring like 50 points. I think it'll be, it'll be closer because they haven't been, you know, think about football. Football is about rhythm. Like once you get into a rhythm, like week by week, you know, that tends to bode well for your team. But having a month off is a long time. Like I'm not even going to lie. That's going to be rough. Uh, so I am kind of nervous about them going undefeated. Uh, but I still think that, that they'll be able to win uh, next Saturday against SMU. That, that's a game that they'll, they'll get up for because SMU kind of gave them a little trouble last year too. So, all right, Shark and Sheedy, y'all got anything to add or interject? Um, I saw Central Florida uh, play last week. I picked us not to beat them. I'm still not picking us to beat them. Was it Georgia Tech? They play something like that. Georgia Tech. They came there work. They came work, man. Yeah, yeah. Until I see my own two eyes, I'm not picking us BCUCF. But hopefully, we have to play ASMU. And with almost a month off, has SNU? I didn't really pay attention to SNU to see if they. I think they played one time or twice. I think maybe one game, yeah. yeah. So it'll kind of be even. Uh, well, something on the funny side, Houston had another game canceled against North Texas. So this three straight weeks in a row, uh, where the team they're supposed to play had like caught COVID or something, and they couldn't play. So mm-hmm. is is Houston the problem? Yes. Houston, 
I hate to follow that one up. Um, but like, I, I reserve my comments about Memphis football till someone returns to the show, um, so we can address a few things. But um, overall, I, I think this COVID nineteen thing is, is really crazy. Um, and taking a month off of football and contact a contact sport like that, um, it's almost like getting them back into like almost like a bowl season, so to speak, where they've had so much time off and now they're preparing for one opponent. Um, but we've seen what this does, and I know we'll talk about it later. Like the tackling is going to look a little sus. Uh, the timing's going to be off. You know, those things. Those really are crucial factors when you're talking about football. A little bit different as opposed to basketball. But I don't think this month helps at all. Uh, I think it hinders all rhythm. Uh, to Savage's point about college football or football in general, it hinders the rhythm uh, for them to move forward. But I expect. Memphis to still do well um, and win the American. Um, I just don't know how many games they'll lose on their way to doing so. All right. And to my alien brother, I want you to put your conspiracy hat on for this one. Because um, we, all of us all know how the national media and how um, the masses feel about the city of Memphis as a whole. Um, as of right now, the Tigers are still ranked. Uh, in the AP poll, they're ranked 17, just below Tennessee. And in the coaches poll, if I can get this up here, they're ranked at 15, just above Tennessee. So uh, do you feel that now with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and everything that's been placed on Memphis' shoulders, which has caused them to pause their games due to COVID-19, do you think this is something that the national media exactly wants given that um you know is just is it another way of the national media trying to put down Memphis is what i'm trying to say i i would say not i'd say yeah i say yeah i say yeah um for one the aspect of savage you brought it up where's any video proof that such a party buzz happened if I'm in, again, we're all let's take all of our college days again you know what i'm saying whether we playing sports or not if we're at a party bus, there went girls around, there's football players around, we all on social media acting a fool unless a non-disclosure agreement was signed by somebody. <laughs> Where is the footage? Other than that, we, 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 I'm blaming number two, that bad leadership, because if there's no footage, then there's no reason that the Memphis football program should not have been playing, you know what I'm saying, for the last month or so. Like they could have been practicing, they could have been doing so much other things and preparing. They could have been playing them, you know what I'm saying? But there is no video. So the media is portraying Memphis to look as a bad city, but we're gonna win against um we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna win against MCU SMU, which will probably put our ranking up. And then we gotta go against UCF and you know what I'm saying whoever wins that could eventually possibly crack a top 10, which I'm pretty sure by then the media would rather see UCF in the top 10 again rather than uh, Memphis, who, you know what I'm saying, for one could be in the top 10 in football for the first time. But we can't even crack the top 25 in basketball, but that's neither here or there. Don't get me started with this. Top 30. Don't get me started on college basketball. That's what I'm saying. We're going to keep it football. Top 30. I don't think there's a conspiracy at this point. It's just proven facts that, you know, the small market Memphis team that everybody loves, everybody hates. (laughs) And, And with me, I just felt that, okay, this is after a win at home against Arkansas State. Like, mm-hmm. you've been in the city for a good little while now. So uh, my question is, if, why are you taking the party bus to go around the city? That's just, and you've been in Memphis uh, uh, already. So that's my thing. 
And of course, to your point, if this party bus did take place, somebody on somebody's social media took footage of it, and there is no footage on the surface. So, like, I don't, I didn't see any tweets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you said they're in Mississippi too, so it's like they want yeah. us to get in trouble out there. They yeah. want us to get in trouble, and we giving y'all this. We wait on just a simple yeah. footage. Show a 30 second video of them turning up in the party. Yeah, something if, it, if that's the case. Somebody got yeah, somebody, somebody got something. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, um, maybe nobody got nothing. And something yeah, to came correct out. myself, uh Memphis is currently ranked 20th uh in the coach. So they dropped it. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped five spots. Well, you know, other teams, you know, other teams will start to play. Other oh, okay. Yeah, other teams yeah. started playing. Yeah. Like 10, Big Ten. Yeah, we haven't even counted those. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry. It's a whole nother, it's a whole nother month to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shark and Sheedy, y'all have anything to, to add as far as uh, Memphis being put down once again by the national media because of what's going on? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, used to it by now. Um, but okay. at this point, the rankings, I don't think that's anything. I mean, like I said, you, when you're not playing, I mean, you can't keep yourself ranked at the same spot when other teams are playing. Memphis is not the only team that's not playing, just dropping. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. as in, Part of this thing, I mean, like I say, I, I, I know somebody got footage, or and even you know somebody got footage they ain't posting it. Even then, I mean, someone would have yeah. got out by now. The cloud, somebody would have got it from the cloud by now. I'm saying, man. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, I, I, I think the only knock here, you can't be knocking, knocking them, Memphis, um, and how they're ranked right now, because again, one game and you know, who, you know who they play, right? Um, with the other conferences that are still out. Um, and so, but it feels terrible because it's Memphis and like, we get it on all angles, whether it's the Grizzlies, whether it's the basketball Tigers, whether it's the football Tigers, um, it's always a down play to Memphis, unfortunately. Um, and so I think that's the one thing that drives this city as well in regards to sports. And the reason why fans back Memphis sports so much because of the underdog mentality that exists here on, on Shelby Drive. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, nothing else on the Tigers. Let's move it on to keeping it in the South to the Southeastern Conference, which uh, started their football season on today. Got games going on now as we speak. Uh, I did send a text to each of you all as far as the storylines of what's to come during uh, the SEC this year. Um, I believe I cover both the East and the West. Uh, so I will start with where the national champion reside, the LSU Tigers, um, in the SEC West. Um, of course, uh, they've lost plenty of weapons to the NFL draft, and uh, a couple seniors are left, including Joe Burrow and a couple others to be named. Um, but they're not the ones that this year they're picked to reach back to the college football playoffs. Uh, the team that's being uh, projected is is the team that's ranked second in the nation, and that's the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, of course, last season was the first season that Alabama was not in the college football playoff since its inception in 2014. So my question to you, Brother Sheedy, is do you feel that now that Alabama is kind of back in full force and they're ranked second in the country, uh, do you feel that they can get back to the, their dominating ways and reach the college football playoff once again? Oh, absolutely. I don't even know how many words I can really say besides absolutely. Um, I think this team was a few possessions away, an uh, injury away um, from really being in the, in the football playoffs. I mean, they still gave that work to the Wolverines. 
um, in the playoff game. Um, <laughs> yeah, did. I would rather have seen um, LSU versus Alabama again uh, because Oklahoma didn't show up. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Alabama's always seen as that team that's so good that they can actually play in the NFL, right? We say, like, man, this team could beat the Bengals, right? Unfortunately, the Bengals suck. Um, and so I think they do return to their ways. I think um, why we're not talking enough about LSU, and I know we'll probably get on that in a moment, but they have, what, like 18 or 19 kids get mm-hmm. COVID? Um, so, again, back to that thing about being in rhythm, right? Um, if now you can't be on the field, if now you're not catching the balls, if you're not getting the handoff, you're not doing the blocks the same way as everyone else, it's going to cause confusion. And they don't have – in college football, you must win every game every week. You cannot take a week off. Um, and so with that, I believe Alabama will return and represent the SEC as it should um, and return to its dominant form. I've seen Nick Saban, like, literally in person and, like, you know, that stadium, and they mean business every single week, every Saturday. So um, I'm not going to say roll tie because that's not what I do, but Alabama yeah. – <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, thank, you, thank you, Brother Shady, for that. Uh, we're going to stay out west, and I'm going to shift it over to my uh, alien brother. Um, six of the top ten in the AP poll all reside in the SEC. And, uh, of course, with Alabama ranked second, um, LSU ranked sixth, uh, Georgia and Florida ranked four and five, respectively. And then rounding out the top ten, we have Auburn and Texas A&M. Uh, so my question to you, Took, is um, – Auburn and Texas A&M is getting a lot of hype with their with their uh, top ten rankings, and of course, a lot of it has to do with their defense. Um, so, do you feel that Auburn and or Texas A&M could possibly challenge Alabama and LSU for uh, the SEC West? I would say no for Texas A&M um, simply because they lost two of their bigger playmakers on offense and defense. When you look at, uh, the wide receiver, what's his name? Jamon Osborne, who led their, um, their squad last season in receptions. He decided not to play this season. And also their star linebacker, Anthony Rhines. I'm sorry. Who, um, who was second in tackles last year. And you know what I'm saying? The tackles, well, I was like, those are two big keys that you have missing. And I, of course his next guy up, but when you're talking about COVID and chemistry and on field issues, and you know what I'm saying on field chemistry, those two guys going out for Texas A&M are, are, are kind of hurt. And right now they're going against Vandy right now. Um, later on tonight at six thirty, y'all want yeah, y'all can check that out for sure. Um, hopefully that's a good win for Texas A&M. But we'll see how COVID treat them. Like I said, it's the first game for both teams, and it's a time where anything can happen. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything to interject before I shift it over to the East? Okay. Uh, let me get a drink of water real quick because I got to talk about the University of Florida. So, (laughs) 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 all right. So, uh, to Savage, um, since in the on the SEC East side, since Dan Mullen has taken over as the head football coach of the University of Florida Gators, uh, they have finished in the top 10 of each of those two seasons going. 10-3 Ten and three and eleven and two, respectively. However, uh, they failed to reach the SEC championship both years, losing to Georgia in the uh, critical game, which would have decided uh, whether or not Florida gets to that game or not. So, my question to you is: uh, going into this season, um, does Florida fi- finally break through the mold and get to the SEC championship representing the East, or will it be more of the same for Georgia? 
to put it simply, no. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, look, Florida ain't been right since Tebow left. I mean, Florida, they always come into the season with high expectations. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, Florida is a decent team. Like they're put they're putting in work on Ole Miss right now, 41, 41, 21. And their quarterback got like five touchdowns, receiver got three touchdowns. They they going ham, but that's Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss, they, they won't be ready until 2024. You know, once Lane Kiffin gets a full, you know, a full uh, recruiting class. Uh, but Georgia, I mean, Georgia been running the, the, the East for a minute. Like, it's, it's, it ain't, I don't see anything changing. Georgia produces some NFL talent as well. Um, and I just – I'm kind of like Sharky with Memphis and UCF. I got to see it first. I got to see Florida win the actual SEC East before I say, yeah, you, you guys can, can win. And even if they win the SEC East. Alabama on the other side. <laughs> <Not right. laughs> oh, Georgia ain't, if Georgia ain't giving Alabama problems, and I'll expect Florida to get Alabama problems. So, nah, sorry, Florida fans. It ain't happening this year. Um, maybe I got to see it. I, I, I can't even say maybe. I got to see it first before I even agree <laughs> with that statement. All right. And we're going to round it out in big orange country. Um, the Volunteers, uh, of course, uh, started last season 2-5. and five. Uh, won six straight to close the season, including the bowl game over Indiana. Uh, we are in year three in the Jeremy Pruitt era, and he recently just got an extension to where now he's making over $4 million a year and an extra 400000 yearly on top of that. Uh, so my question to Starkey is, um, with everything that transpired with this six, can Tennessee – ride this momentum that they had going into the end of last season uh, after winning six straight. So what are, it's Tennessee for real is basically what I'm on. I have no idea. It's one of those sports that, cause you know, recruiting seniors leaving all the type of stuff year to year, it changes. And although we had the number one or number two recruiting class this year, they're all freshmen. So we might, it might just be a year early. And also look at the schedule. They gave us a gun that was scheduled, by the way. Um, play at South Carolina today. I don't know what to expect. We should be win. We should win, but I don't know how South Carolina. New quarterback, it. new OC. It should be a win, but who knows? Strength uh, plays. I didn't like Jared Garantano last year, and he just won a QB job again. Although he got better, <laughs> I probably felt better if we had another quarterback. I mean, never just thought right there because I, he did get better, but I don't think he got better enough for me to trust him. In the 10-game SEC schedule where we had to play at Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, three weeks in a row, by the way. Skip a week when we play Arkansas, that should be a win. Play Texas A&M at Auburn, skip a week against Vanderbilt, then play uh, Florida. So right there, I just counted one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe six losses right there in the eight-week plan, maybe. We may upset Texas A&M at home, maybe. Maybe uh, upset Auburn, maybe, because Kentucky giving them trouble right now. Yeah, I don't know. Anywhere from four to seven wins, just about what I expect. And like I said, we had a we got number one, a number two crew class. So it's more of a growth year. Like yeah, we last year we stopped two and five, finished year off well. This year is kind of a still like a we're not quite ready to challenge Georgia and Florida for the division, but we're not ready to challenge them as in winning it. But we're probably ready to challenge as in actually battling and keeping the game close. Kind of like and I want to go back to the year. Bush Jones, sorry as he was. Um, <laughs> remember the year he had finally was supposed to finally go to the SC Championship game, and we had those wild games. Mm-hmm. The year before that, 
we were co- we were competing and we had blew we had blew a 14-0 lead to Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. We had blew a um what a four 13 point four quarter lead against Florida that year. Then we came back and beat Georgia. I expect this year to be similar to that where we're not quite ready to win, but we'll compete in those type of games. I can see more of the same as that uh, for the balls. Um, I definitely could see another four to seven win season, but it's on the bright spot. Uh, at least we are having a coach for more than three seasons now. So uh, <laughs> uh, I will, uh, but this is a, I wouldn't say it's a make or break year, but this is really um, definitely looking forward to see uh, the next possible step that Jeremy Pruitt takes with his guys. Like he's shown that he can recruit. We've had the top recruiting class. Um, since he's gotten there, um, at least in the top 15, top 20. Uh, so, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what they do as far as taking their next step. Any uh, interjections of the statements on the SEC or anybody got anything extra to add on the SEC? Georgia is having quarterback problems right now. Uh, the starter that transferred from uh, USC, JT Daniels, he's hurt and he's not cleared at the moment. So, be on the lookout on that. I do believe Florida has the opportunity to take the division this year, but because of that situation, and Florida has a, actually has a quarterback. Um, yeah, Felipe yeah. transferred to Arkansas, and mm-hmm. that, that's fitting because he's sorry and he transferred to a sorry school, so that's very fitting. <laughs> and they have a quarterback this year, so I actually think Georgia, <laughs> Florida might take it this year. <laughs> All right, uh, quick, quick bonus question while we're on the topic of college football, and it's just a quick hitter is either. Is either make the either either choice. Um, so of course, as she just pointed out in the pregame, um, Deion Sanders has just been named as the coach of Jackson State University. Um, at this point, Mississippi just got a huge injection as far as uh football in the state. Uh for those who don't know earlier, um Lane Kiffin was hired um as the new coach at Old Miss. And former Washington State coach Mike Leach was just brought in as the coach at Mississippi State. Uh, so real quickly before we move on, who has the bigger impact in the state of Mississippi? Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, or Deion Sanders? What kind of question is this? Is he on the field or? On the field. On the field. That's on the field. I'll go ahead and go. And I will say this in the most PG-13 Simple mind and not in simple flow. It's Deion Primetime. Come on, bro. When you think about the state of Mississippi and they got a black, one of the most revered superstars in the game of football, arguably the biggest name in football, primetime coming at coach at a Mississippi school. It's about to, it's about the, the same way I felt about Penny Hardaway coming to the Tigers and bringing that coach to the Memphis sports or back to Memphis sports. It's the same way I feel about Deion. And the reason is when you have arguably two of the better, you know, college football programs in the nation in Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Now those black players will be listening to a, at least listening to a conversation from JSU. And the fact that it is a HBCU at a time where black lives, uh, uh, hopefully, I guess, matter. Like that's a that that's that's an, an injection of steroids in, in Mississippi as far as the uh, black the black dollar goes. I see this being a success. I see Dion being there for a minute unless he decides not to coach or to take his talents to the NFL. But a lot of coaches will be listening to what Dion has to say. I'm going to say this. Um, I, at first, I was going to say Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin, I mean, offensively is a 
genius. Like his offense is always on point. But I'm a, I'm gonna agree with Toot because I feel like not only would Dion get an influx of players, like players, because we've we've seen players come from HBCU and go into the NFL. We got Hall of Famers that that went to Mississippi Valley State, uh, Savannah State, and other HBCUs that have played well. So it's it has been done before. So history can repeat itself. Um, but I just know one thing: we better get Jackson State versus Ole Miss, Mississippi State at some point. It could be at the beginning of the season. One of those gimme games and low key, I feel like if Dion will stay for a little while, I feel like Jack State could, could scare some people in about in about three, four years in terms of like not necessarily winning, but making it competitive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now it remains to be seen on like a collegiate level if Dion can like become like a a cornerback slash you know weapon factory for Jackson State, but they're Something will come from this for Jackson State. They are they are going to want to put them on TV in some capacity. That's why I said you got to put Jackson State versus Ole Miss because we're gonna watch that because it's Deion Sanders, not because of Lane Kiffin, because Deion Sanders. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm 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 gonna agree with Tuke as far as the impact because because people are going to focus more on Jackson State than ever before compared to Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss or Mike Leach going to Mississippi State. So I think I agree it's gonna be Deion Sanders. Um, SME. I think on the field and only because of the power five dynamic how it's structured. Um, it's but I mean, just to be real, I mean, he is gonna have the biggest impact overall with recruiting everything. But I think just on the field product who has a chance to actually win and go to the Kashua playoff and all that, I say Mike Leach. Mm. And because at Texas Tech and Washington State, what recruits were he getting? Mm. And he still had a dynamic offense killing. And now it makes it like, yeah, Deion Sanders gonna get some recruits. He gonna he gonna like I said scare some people. He's still gonna what's Kyle? Like Mike Leach is gonna get this is gonna be the best recruits he's ever got. Mm. And he's never gotten these type of recruits. So I feel like I feel like Mike Leach with actual real recruits, he's gonna he's gonna do some things to Mississippi State that we haven't seen before in Mississippi, Mississippi State. Um, yeah, I know it's supposed to be quick, so I'll bank mine's quick. Um, I agree with you. I, I would choose Leach to have the greatest impact year one. Um, for the three coaches' name, I think Dion is the supreme choice overall, however, um, for what he's going to be able to do for JSU. The only concern I have about Dion recruiting, just JSU, is just make sure you have an offensive line. Because uh, I think he's going to be great with getting corners, receivers, all the position players, but getting a sturdy offensive line and defensive line is going to be his thing. Um, but the clear winner of all of this, though, to be honest, guys, the clear winner about this is none other than Uncle Clifford. Because um, Chuck the City is going to be open a whole bunch now um, with all these coaches. So I, <laughs> I haven't even watched Pete Valley yet, but I'm aware of Uncle Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. I'm with you. So. Um, just on impact of all, I'm actually going to agree with Sharpie. I think, um, I really think Mike Leach, once he's able to get some recruits that he's haven't been able to get, uh, I think he's really going to have a big thing. And we could see something similar at Mississippi State to what Dan Mullen did, possibly with Dak Prescott. Uh, and I'm just saying just on the on the field standpoint, um, I think Mike Leach has that best opportunity. Don't get me wrong, I'm cheering for Dion 100%, and I think he's going to do well at Jackson State. And I'm with Savage. I hope he stays a little while to try to get, uh, establish something, establish a foreground. 
possibly become a, a, a factory for corners or, like you said, impact players or whatever. But uh, just on the field, as far as your one, um, who's going to have the biggest impact, I'm going to take Mike Leach. Definitely. That's respectable. All right. So now we're going to kick it to the NFL and uh, Savage. All right, people. So with the NFL, there was essentially minimal training camp, uh, minimal like rookie camp, uh, actually no rookie camp at all. So they, they didn't have as much time to you know prepare for the NFL season, um, get their bodies prepared to you know have contact, to tackle, to catch, you know, to carry the ball, things like that. And the NFL canceled the preseason, which a lot of people enjoy, you know, not having the preseason, me being one of them, um, at least, you know, advocating for shortening the preseason. Um, and so the result naturally is a ton of injuries. Uh, some of your favorite players are out for the season um, with a lot of ACL tears, Achilles, soft tissue um, injuries. So I'm going to just list a few players. Um, and then I'm going to start with Took since one of his favorite players, if not his favorite player, is, you know, his season is almost in danger. I know he's out for a couple of weeks. So uh, you got Nick Bosa, who's out for the season, ACL, Terry. That's unfortunate. Uh, I believe the, there are other players out for the season too, right? Simon Thomas. Simon Thomas out. out for the season. Uh, Saquon Barkley, again, with another knee issue out for the season. I'm kind of concerned about Saquon Barkley, to be honest. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, he's out for a couple of weeks. Drew Locke is out. Um, Cortland Sutton is out for the season. Jimmy Garoppolo, injury. Devontae Adams, uh, Malik Hooker, Byron Jones, former Cowboy. Oh. Um, Raheem Mostert. Uh, the 49ers had a lot of damage to their team. <laughs> yeah. um, and Anthony Barr for the Minnesota Vikings. That's, that's a few notable names. Um, but I, I just want to go around to you guys, starting with Tuk, then Sheedy, then uh, Sharky and Trevor. Um, how do you feel about these NFL injuries and and how do you feel the injuries would impact your actual team if your team has been impacted by injury? So two starters off. Well, for sure, my team was definitely impacted, but I'd say it 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 it's a minimum to the uh, impact. Um, for the simple fact of Christian McCaffrey, he'll be out four to six weeks, of course. So one of my fantasy teams will be down, of course, as but probably millions of people's, you know, for the next four to six weeks. But I also look at it as like this. When you don't have a preseason, when you don't have Ricky camp, when you barely have training camp, these things are to follow. So to go ahead and get our star player out of there, I hope that he can sit at least half the season. I hope if it's four to six weeks, hell, keep him on the field, keep him off the field for eight. He's really not needed this season because I'm gonna use that word that she don't like me to use. And we are rebuilding. We are rebuilding for the future. And Christian McCaffrey is a big part, if not all of our part for the future. So in, in that aspect, once I read it, he went down, I'm like, dang it. But then I'm kind of like, okay, like he's off the field. We got a better chance to do better in, you know what I'm saying, in the drafting, which, you know, we, we could possibly get Sunshine. Y'all know how I've been feeling about Sunshine and how I love to see him in a Carolina Panthers uniform, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but you do have to look at all these injuries with a hmm, because it's only been week two. With, you know what I'm saying, players, they're, they're, they're still getting adjusted, but all the forces coming to them, you know what I'm saying? They really didn't have enough time. So that's how I feel about that. I think that we're just getting started as far as the injury bugs going. The injury bugs are going to eat a lot this season. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's why I'm there. Yeah, and unfortunately, the injury bug has has tapped into Dallas. Um, 
more than I needed it to. Um, some things that you didn't, some players you didn't manage is like Collins, our, our all NFL, all Pro Bowl left tackle. Um, and to my, to I believe the greatest point of our defense is, is Leighton Vanderesh mm-hmm. down again um, with similar energies, not the same exact one, but injuries overall for the NFL are not good um, because I don't get it. I don't, I watch the Carolina Panthers to see C Mac, right? That's why I turned it on for. Um, not for other players. So it's not good for the NFL. Um, it's good for those players that are behind them, right, to step up and, and show. Um, but I think we definitely need at least two games uh, preseason and then going on from there. But the injury bug has definitely found its way, not only just to Dallas, but to the NFL, and it, it sucks. Uh, but, again, it also gives other players the opportunity to step up and say, hey, listen, I might be a backup, but I can be somewhere else, I such as a Teddy Bridgewater who – who is now benefiting from a season where he was, you know, five games in as a starter. So hopefully there's more good than bad, but right now all the ACL, like I've never seen that many ACL so many. <laughs> in my life in a week. Oh my God. No. Um, but yeah, that's why I stand with that one. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I think not having training camp where they had, did have a training camp, but not having preseason games affected a little bit, but most of the players would not have played in preseason, probably played just, one quarter of the whole preseason. So I think just the mini camps, the summertime, mm-hmm. the players, they let you know players wasn't working out and they was probably supposed to. That's where it was probably showing my opinion. Um, but as my team, I mean, we've been affected, but we ain't been affected to the point where players are out for the season. Or Dory Jackson, our best corner, hasn't played. He, I don't know if he's playing until like week five, if we don't know when. AJ Brown, our top wide receiver, is about to miss this second game with a knee bruise. I don't know when he will be back. So it's affecting us in a way, but it's not to the point where players out for the season. I did want to speak on Tyrod Taylor, though. Um, <laughs> I didn't mention him for a reason because that wasn't like a football-related injury. Yeah. Go ahead, Sharky. Let me call, speak on this doctor, <laughs> uh, the Chargers doctor. Oh, man. Okay. 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 Puncturing lungs, man. Why he didn't fire you did this one? <laughs> <That's my> first <laughs> question. <laughs> Two. Why? <laughs> How? How? Yeah. <laughs> Can he sue? I'm saying they're going through a process now to to for be sure. an investigation for that. That's mysterious. But they're yeah, they're going through a process now to see what he can do. Tyrod better be, be the owner of the charges when it's all said and done. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like. I don't think Justin Herbert is going to be like a star. He played well the first game, but I can tell yeah. you this: the Chiefs weren't prepared to play against him. So right. And at this point, he as a rookie, he's already played one game. You might as well go ahead and let him play. Like at this point, he's already played. He played the best team yeah. in the NFL. You know, so, like why bench him now? You know, so this he knew he was gonna eventually lose starting job to the rookie, but it's just the fact that he lost it on it right, right before the game, too. Like this there right. is like Justin Herbert didn't know he was playing until they got on the field about to do corn's house. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I need to see some more. I need to see Tyrod Taylor's on the Chargers when this is all said and done at the end of this. Yeah, Trevor. Uh, well, for me, uh, with the injuries that's been transpired, I, I'm with you guys. It's just mind-boggling, um, especially with all the lower the lower um, leg injuries, the knees, ACLs, uh, things of that nature. That's just been just crazy. But uh, like you guys said, with the lack of a training camp, uh, the lack of a preseason, um, just to kind of get a rhythm and establish plan once again. Uh, of course, that's bound to happen. Um, the injuries, um, fortunate enough, and I pray and knock on wood that it doesn't uh, 
happened. It haven't affected the Steelers that much. Uh, I know recently uh, Juju did have a knee issue, but he's going to be good to go on Sunday. Uh, we're also getting David DeCastro back, who hasn't played yet, our uh, our center. Um, but the Prius missed some time with a shoulder uh, issue, but he's going to be suiting up Sunday as well. So uh, at least for this week, for week three, we're not going to have anyone on the entry report. Uh, do I expect that to continue? Probably not. Um, so, um, but yeah, like, yeah, just the, these injuries, man. I, I really believe this is only the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm used to the injury report having like 12 people on it. Like looking at our injury report now. Um, well, actually, last week, we, or the week before last week, we were without four of our five starting linemen. Ooh. Offensive linemen, you know what I'm saying? Which is why, you know, Wentz had like eight sacks <laughs> against Washington. So I'm used to it. I mean, it's like, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles fandom, everybody else, like where the injury report is the entire team. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 all bad. Um, I think it's just the nature of football right now, where the injuries that would have came in like mini camp and training camp are starting to come now, and so you really you probably won't get full real football to like week nine, week ten, where everybody's like, okay, we're good. This is the team that we're gonna roll with, and then kind of go from there. Uh, so yeah, hopefully things get better for everybody. It won't get better for the Eagles, so I won't say that, but. <laughs> Uh, I think we're ready to go into the your board section. Hold on, before we move on, um, two things. One, my favorite player is Cam Newton. Two, I have to ask you, Mr. Savage, mm. which one hurts more, your love for Carson Wentz or the truth? <sighs> uh, wait, why you put me on the spot, man? <laughs> I just was saying. So I'm going to let you go away with that. Listen to this podcast. I don't know sports. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> my response. I, 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 I want to see Jalen Hurts play uh, because I, I just I feel like he's he's built for this. I'm not praying for injury from Carson Wentz, but I am expecting injury from Carson Wentz. So mm-hmm. take that for what you will. Or the fact that Carson Wentz ain't, quote unquote, built for this. But moving on along. Hey, hey, hey. He, listen, I don't know. He, he went into it. I don't know sports five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Before I move on, salute to Cam. Scott ain't out here. Um, yeah. so we're always down to Cam. But last week, um, Wait, he, did, he did against the Seahawks. Ooh, should, yes, he did, man. Took him to the outside. That was a game winning touchdown if he just cut to the left. They, they hold yeah, it. Right. They're, they're still learning each other, bro. That's neat. Yeah, they are. Ooh, yeah. They, oh, he well. got him and Edelman is, is going to be nice. Man. Time to cam. But speaking on Scout, condolences to him, to him. But we will be beefing, possibly be beefing for the next about two weeks. Yeah. Because the Titans and Steelers play next Sunday. So me and Trevor will be beefing for a week. And the <laughs> and Lakers might be possibly playing. It's, it's, funny. It, it's gonna be funny with me and Shari because the Vols win, we're gonna celebrate that we're just gonna shake it like all right, bro. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna have a lot of beats with our teams playing against each other in all sports in the couple yeah. of upcoming uh weeks. Isn't Pittsburgh coming up soon? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think y'all the following week mm-hmm. after Tennessee. Then Dallas and Pittsburgh. Uh, no, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> Good time for the Let's Be Real podcast. Man, uh, I will say this before we move on. By the time we play the Cowboys, Andy Dalton will probably be their starter. Oh, don't do it to him. <laughs> I don't got enough time today. Because <laughs> I have I know why what's going on. I don't have enough time today, Trevor. I'll, I'll <laughs> the Steelers next time. 
All right. <laughs> All right, man. Your boys. I got one to start out. I don't know when, if one of y'all have one, but I'll kick it off. All right. We ain't mentioned anything. We started, we talked about this on Starting Five because it's a greasy podcast. But guess what? We're about to do Let's be real. We actually put, put this way out your boy segment. Um, Mr. Joe Colley. <laughs> he's obviously bored. <laughs> he was the one voter who didn't vote for John Morant to get unanimous rookie of the year was revealed to be Joe Cowley. Uh he's he's a Chicago writer for the uh Bulls as well. <sighs> his whole his tweets to explain his decision. Ja is a transcendent player, no arguing it. But the rookie of the year should go to the most impactful. <laughs> Job is most impactful, but anyway, the NBA built the TV schedule around Zion and, and expanded above before Zion. His 24 games were must see TV. I take that 24 and change PER and stand on that side of history. How bored is he? Just not, just not the question of is he bored? Is yo, what's the uh game off of Wild and Out? How fly is he? My guy, how, how bored is he? This is a good one. That, that, that's it. That, that's that's good, y'all. How bored is he? That's the new name. How bored is he? Like wilding out. That's gonna be the new name. <laughs> and I started off. He's so bored that he tried to make Zion into an MVP candidate based off this tweet. That's how bored he is. When you talk about the transcending and the impact, and the NBA made a bubble for Zion to get Ricky out there. Mind you, that in a job where your profession is to read and write. The NBA sent me a memo saying that this is before the bubble even happened. So his pick was for Zion Williamson based off of his play before the bubble, mind you. That's how bored he is. He's that bored to where the bubble made uh, – the, the NBA made a bubble for Zion, not only for him to get Ricky of the year, but to get Giannis's MVP trophy. I have a question. I have a question. So I'm, I'm a – like, when I talk to my students – um, I when I know that they're they're BSing me, I feed them back to BS just to confirm whether or not they are BSing me, right? So, do y'all know who won Rookie of the Year in 2017? Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. So why didn't Joel Embiid win Rookie of the Year, Mister Joe Colley? Because Malcolm Brogdon is not more impactful than Joel Embiid. This man is bored. He bored as hell. That's how bored he is. <laughs> like, first of all, if you go back to about October, the Grizzlies were 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 uh, slated to finish second to last, if not last, in the Western Conference. The Western Conference. Ja helped in getting them to the eighth spot in the in the West. Again, I know there were injuries. Like as my coaches say, we don't pick them, we play them. They play who was in front of them. And they got to the AC. Zion Williamson, true enough, he played well when he played, but the best ability is availability. And Zion was not available. He wasn't even available in the bubble, Mr. Colley. What are you talking about? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he bored as hell. I'm not, I'm done. It, it must have not have been that much to write about in Chicago for him to make this vote. Like you could have yeah. did a Zach Levine post or something. Like, come on. <laughs> um I've said everything I needed to say on starting five, but for let's be real, um, I'll say I just want to ask Mr. Cowley a question. Like, how many Grizzlies games did you actually watch? And if it's less than five, 
which I'm pretty sure it is the case, then you don't need to be talking about anything. Um, but this is also how bored he is. Uh, did you guys also know, and I think I got this from Sharky, that he voted for uh, Patrick Beverly as Defensive Player of the Year? <laughs> uh, I got that. <laughs> wow. And my only reason I could come up with is like, well, Pat Bell is from Chicago, but yeah, come on. <laughs> and I protect I protect our black queen queens, but I mean I love Maria Taylor. She's great. She didn't put Anthony Davis on any of the all. She, she she bored too. Oh, don't, she don't bored get too. Twist. She bored she too. She forgot Anthony Davis. How? 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 <laughs> oh, I'm I'm on her dog. Like I, I respect Maria Taylor. I love Maria Taylor. Taylor, Taylor but but how did you forget? How did you forget that? Now, folks are saying like who does she vote for instead? I don't know. That is a good question. I, I would love to know who she voted AD for. is literally, like, there's so many factors with AD. He, he literally plays for the, the Lakers, the number one market in the NBA. He was a candidate for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. He was an all-star starter. How do you forget Anthony Davis? Maria Taylor, you fired, bro. I'm just playing. It's a reason it's a big deal because people were saying it. And it's like that's yeah. that's how it became a big ass guy. Right. I'm joking, but like I know come you on now. Yeah. <laughs> that's I got the big though, because if somebody was saying that like, I shouldn't get fired. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't, man. Sheedy, you got any? Now, what I, I was about to ask, didn't Anthony Davis win the MVP? I mean, the uh, All Star game MVP, but it didn't even matter. He hit the, the two free throws at the end, and mm-hmm. we don't forget that. Um, but anyway, no, uh, we can carry on. That This is another boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all got your name. I got one. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got a year boy. Go ahead, so. Um, so I actually, a friend of mine sent me this the other day. Uh, it was actually last week. To be exact, um, it's actually a quote of a tweet. So it was the original tweet from um, at Legend of Winning. He was talking about Anthony Davis. Um, basically, it was just running through his resume and his current uh, stats in the uh, playoffs at this moment. Basically, asked if he were to win the championship and win Finals MVP, uh, what would Rain do with his leg do for his legacy overall? So, uh, Mr. Josh Toussaint at Josh Toussaint. Basically, uh, reacted the same question and said that when Anthony Davis winning a championship would put him in the conversation with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki. Hold on, before before we we, we tear this man apart, here's his his reasoning. AD's a much better scorer than all of them except Dirk, and he says it's debatable. He's a far better defender than Dirk, more versatile on defense than Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. And he said the only thing he's missing is the hardware and the nostalgia. The only so, thing that he'd have me on is the versatility as far as defending goes because he's smaller and quicker. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is it. You comparing him to one, the best power forward in the game. For two, Kevin Garnett, who defensively may be arguably the power, most powerful power forward in the game. And Nah, man. <laughs> he boy. I, I like. Let's 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 go back. I'm I'm a basketball historian. Let's go back to early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Did people forget about Kevin Garnett with Minnesota? Apparently, <laughs> 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 I'll let you finish. 
you you finish Kevin Garnett because okay. I'm gonna get to miss. I'm gonna get to Tim Duncan. Okay, I'm go tired ahead. Of, uh, slander Tim Duncan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, like, oh, okay. So let me let me pull up Tim Duncan's Minnesota. No, I thought stat. you were doing. Yeah, you do KG. I got Tim Duncan. Though. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up Kevin Garnett because because for one, Kevin Garnett won an MVP with the Timberwolves. He got his team to the Western Conference Finals. The only problem is that he ran to Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people ran to Shaq and Kobe, you know, in the early 2000s. So I'm going to go to Minnesota. So Minnesota, this, these are points per game, you know, when, once he was in his prime. So I'm going to give him to the turn of the century from 1999 to 2000. 23 points a game, 23, 22, 21, 23, 24, 22, 21, 22. And this is all before Boston. Rebounding. 10, 11, 11, 12, 13, 14, 13, 12, 13. Assists, 5, 5, 5, 6, 5, 5. Like Ooh. this dude, like, come on. Like, <laughs> come mm-hmm. on. How many blocks? But blocks. Let me, let me get into the blocks. Uh, 2, 2, 1, 1.5, 2, 1.5, 1.6, 2. Like, stop it. Stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love, I love AD, but I grew up watching KG because I was a tall, skinny, dark skinned dude. Like, that was my guy. <laughs> but we're not going to slander Mr. Kevin Garnett. I know people hate Kevin Garnett because he won a ring in Boston and they won't stop talking about it. But people people forget. Go back and watch Kevin Garnett's highlights from Minnesota. If you are not old enough to understand Kevin Garnett, Big Kevin t- Garnett was the best player in the league at one point. AD is not the best player in the league, period. Like, let's, Giannis, let's, you need to be watching KG. <laughs> let's stop. <laughs> go, 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 go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. All right, so the main guy that gets probably the most slander on here, and I, I mean, I don't hear, but just period, and that's uh, Mr. Timothy Theodore Duncan, aka the big fundamental. And I get it because he's not as big as far as personality is concerned. He's accepting MVP trophies, wearing open toe sandals. I get it, <laughs> but uh, this is his. This is just his career average. Now he is nineteen and ten, well, actually nineteen and eleven in his career. As a spur, and I'll just even I'll just go to his playoff numbers because I'm not going to just even mess with the regular season. So, in the playoffs, in his second championship with the Spurs, and that was in 2003, 25 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, three blocks a game. Mm. <clears throat> probably, and that's probably how to regard as the best one of the best deadlines in probably NBA Finals history. Um, season before that, even though again, like Savage said, a lot of these KG and Tim Duncan didn't win all the championships they did win because they ran the Shaq and Cole. But even that season, the season before, Duncan was 28, 14, five assists, four blocks a game. So, four that's crazy. Four. And one thing that these other three guys have that AD doesn't have <laughs> is MVP, his league MVPs. So, a lot of people forget that Dirk was league MVP. Debatable, but he still won MVP. Yeah, yeah. So um, keep Tim name at your mouth unless you're talking about greatness, man. So. <laughs> and, and if I and I mind, I'm not bringing up no stats, nothing. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever disrespect Dirt and Whiskey again, because <laughs> I watched that man carry Mount Mariah's reserves <laughs> to the finals, and they lost in 2006, but they won in 2011. Mm-hmm. AD has yet to do that. Nope. I got the apple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my whole thing. Let let um, cause this is AD's first time really getting to somewhere. Let his career end. Yes, 
Like he can get there because, like, yeah. at some point LeBron gonna retire and it's, and it's yeah. AD's team. But right. Like, right now, stop it. No. That's my that's my first thought. Was like, it's how he's still like twenty six. He's like twenty six. He, he he's got twenty seven. He got time. Yeah, he's still this prime. He, got time. he just got to this prime. Right. <laughs> he got time, man. Like, though, this is too early. And yeah, Kevin KG led those same New Orleans Pelicans teams who might have been building than KG's Minnesota teams. Right. Way Wally, much, Wally Zerbiak and much further. Trail Spreewell. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Two. What was yours? All right. So what I'm gonna do is actually, if y'all don't mind, combine. Um, two two topics and that'll be you know your board or how bored are you and uh troll and all so last night sharky you end up putting a picture of my guy kirko cousins and his barbecue in the picture oh i'm about to show it i do need the the, the the viewers to be able to see why i may or may not be changing his name from kirko cousins to regular kirk or whatever his name is i'm gonna find it so I guess in the trolling all or whatever, I said that, that I will be changing his name if the Vikings, uh, if the Titans beat the Vikings, I'll change his name. So trolling all, the, the Titans gonna beat the Vikings because look at this, where's <laughs> the seasoning, bro? Like you I said, salt on it. Like I said, I don't own a whiteboard, but I do own a grill. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the Titans will lose to a guy who grills Is this your top ten quarterback? Is this your top ten quarterback? I Let mean, off the field, I ain't got nothing to do with what you're doing. <laughs> Once again, go ahead. Once again, the only reason her cousins is in our top ten is because of the New Orleans Saints. Oh. I rest my case. So New Orleans Saints will lose to a quarterback like that. Hey man, uh, <laughs> right, let, let, let's take it to President. I, I am I am with you on this too. If he loses this Sunday to the Titans, I will no longer call him Kirk O'Banks. I will not call him that anymore. I will not call him Kirk Cuzzo. I will not call him Kirk O'Banks no more. He will just yeah. be Kirk Cuzzo. And it's not looking good because the Vikings are 0 2. So, like, this will let y'all know how, like, I'm, I'm ready to go ahead and just. That, that barbecue was terrible. I don't even know. I, 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 I said this on the top 10 that I don't know how he does it. He, <laughs> at that point, he somehow found a way to win games. But again, what is that? He is there. <laughs> he is there because of the New Orleans Saints. What is he using the on the grill? <laughs> Liver steaks, man. Bro, this man got uh, an easy bake grill, bro. What is this? <laughs> I don't see no kind of no. I don't see no season. I don't see no. That's y'all top ten quarterbacks. All I'm gonna say again. Blame the New Orleans Saints. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah. What I was gonna say is, I mean, he is my top ten quarterback. I will stand behind that because I know if Drew Brees was doing that, he'd be a little short. Um. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the rapper all, 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 all in all, the Titans gonna beat the Vikings, and next week I won't be calling them Kirk no more. Yeah, we, we about to smack them boys. I ain't gonna kill them, dog. It's all weird. Smack them, bro. You know, I'm thinking too, man. Our defense did not play well last week, and we still won. If you saw Mike Vrabel's press conference this week, bruh, bruh was pissed. <laughs> bruh was pissed. Bruh was he, he plus, look, look how Kirk struggled against the, the, the Colts yeah. last week. Yeah. You really think that he's about to I see why Stephon Diggs won out, man. 
And so I'm gonna do it. Apparently, I'm gonna do it one more time. Kirko, you're gonna have to get you a, a black girl or a black chef or something because that food that you had, I don't even know if you put salt and or pepper on it at least. Probably just <laughs> if that just <laughs> I was that for a while. I'm, I'm happy you brought that to my attention though. I needed to know who I'm, I was. Yeah, getting. me too, because I was like, ah, come on now. You gotta know who you giving nicknames to, man. Oh man, don't yeah. Pimps mess up. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's another good episode. <laughs> Hopefully next week. Hopefully next week we we'll never have to hear Kirko ever again related to Kirk Cousins. And he will, and he will like that beat down. You like that? You will like that beat down. We'll put on the spot. Hey, y'all feel, if y'all can't be the 0-2 Kirk Cousins that's cooking like that, then he deserves the nickname. Hey, I went, as bad as our defense played last week, I actually wouldn't be shocked if he actually have a good game. I'm just saying. Hell no. That's a whole deal. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, man. Like you said, man, got you out of no sports podcast dropping this week. And got the pods in Memphis next Wednesday. So, yeah, I don't know sports Monday and Friday. Correct. Oh, starting five. You starting five Monday as well. So, starting five be dropping Monday. Yeah. We got y'all rolling, man. So, till then, peace. Stay black.
Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com.